Learning Objective 19.2. Compute the tax consequences to the parties to a tax-deferred corporate formation. Section 351 applies to transactions in which one or more persons transfer property to a corporation in return for stock, and immediately after that transfer, these same persons control the corporation to which they transferred the property. Section 351 facilitates corporate formations by providing for gain and loss deferral on property transfers that meet its requirements. Section 351 was enacted in 1921 to remove the tax consequences as an impediment to forming a corporation and to allow flexibility in selecting the preferred form of doing business. Now, Section 351 contemplates a transfer of property by a person or persons who maintain, quote, continuity of proprietary interest in the assets transferred through the stock ownership in the corporation now holding the assets. If a transaction meets these requirements, the transferors of the property, the shareholders, do not recognize uh, gain, they defer it, and loss will also be deferred on the transfer of the property to the corporation. Shareholders contributing property to a corporation in a 351 transaction compute the gain or loss realized by subtracting the tax-adjusted basis of the property they contribute to the corporation from the fair market value of the consideration they receive in return, the amount realized. But note, gain but not loss is recognized when property other than the corporation's stock, so-called boot, B-O-O-T, boot, is received in the exchange. Gain is recognized in an amount equaling the lesser of the gain realized or the fair market value of the boot received. The character of the gain recognized, of course, will depend on the asset transferred on which gain is recognized. That is, whether it's 1231 capital gain treatment, 1245 depreciation recapture treatment, or ordinary income treatment. The tax basis of stock received in the exchange will equal the tax basis of the property transferred less any liabilities assumed by the corporation on the property contributed, the so-called substituted basis. The shareholder's stock basis will be increased by any gain recognized, and it's going to be reduced by the fair market value of any boot received. There are additional issues to bear in mind at the time of forming the corporation. These issues relate to the incorporation of an ongoing business. Let's consider them. Let's consider the implications of depreciable assets transferred to a corporation. Practitioners often advise against transferring appreciated property, especially real estate, into the closely held corporation. By transferring the property into the corporation, the shareholder, in effect, creates two assets with the same built-in gain as the original property. That is, the stock received in the hands of the shareholder as well as the building owned by the corporation. The government now can collect taxes twice on the same gain. Once, if the corporation sells the property received, and then again if the corporation sells the stock. The better solution might be retaining the property outside the corporation. This will permit the shareholder to lease property to the corporation, thereby permitting the corporation to reduce its taxable income through 
rent deductions. Note, however, there may be very valid state income tax reasons to own the property inside a corporation, such as lower state property taxes. Let's discuss contributions to capital. The transfer of property to a corporation by a shareholder, non-shareholder, for which no stock or other property is received in return, will be a contribution to capital. When property is contributed by a shareholder, the corporation takes a carryover tax basis in that property. When property is contributed by a non-shareholder, the corporation's tax basis in the property will be zero. Now, a shareholder making a capital contribution has the chance to increase the tax basis in existing stock in an amount equaling the tax basis of the contributed property. And finally, as we talk about the capitalization of the corporation, there's one other area we need to talk about, Section 1244 stock. Section 1244 stock. Stock is generally a capital asset in the hands of the shareholders, and the gains and losses from sale or exchange will be capital in nature. For individuals, long-term capital gains are taxed at a maximum rate of 15%, though the losses can only offset capital gains plus $3,000 of ordinary income per year. Now, Section 1244 of the Code allows a shareholder to treat a loss on the sale or exchange of 1244 stock as an ordinary loss. That's a huge advantage. Now, to qualify, the corporation must meet the active trade or business requirement for five years before the stock otherwise meets the 1244 requirements. If these 1244 requirements are met, the shareholder can recognize up to $50,000 per year of loss, twice that in the case of married filing jointly, on any subsequent sale of stock as an ordinary loss, rather than as a capital loss. And the balance amount of loss is treated as a capital loss, which is available to offset any other capital gains, plus $3,000 of ordinary income. The corporation receiving property for its stock in the 351 exchange does not recognize, that is, it excludes gain or loss realized on the transfer. Now, the tax basis of the property received by the corporation will equal the property's tax basis in the hands of the transferor, the so-called carryover basis. And the asset's tax basis is going to be increased by any gain recognized by the shareholder on the transfer of the property to the corporation. Let's tie together these rules with problem 36 from the textbook. Uh, Ramon incorporated his sole proprietorship by transferring inventory, a building, and land to a corporation for which he's now the 100% owner of the stock. And the property transferred to the corporation has the following fair market values and tax-adjusted bases. The inventory has a, a fair market value of 10000 basis of 4000 The building has a fair market value of 50,000, basis of 30, and then the land has a fair market value of 100 and a basis of 50. Now, the fair market value of the corporation's stock received in exchange equals the fair market value of the assets transferred to the corporation by Ramon. So what we'd like to know is, 
what amount of gain or loss will Ramon, the shareholder, realize on the transfer of the property to the corporation? Here, Ramon's going to recognize a net gain of 76000 on the transfer. It's going to represent the difference between the fair market value of stock received, 160000 and the adjusted basis of the property transferred, or 84000 Subpart B asks, what amount of gain or loss will Ramon recognize on the transfer of the property to the corporation? Here, Ramon does not recognize any gain or loss on the transfer because the requirements under 351 have been satisfied and he has received no boot. He has received only the stock. And then finally, at subpart C, we'd like to know what is Ramon's basis in the stock that he receives in the corporation? Here, that'll be $84,000. That is, Ramon's tax basis in the stock received will be the substituted basis of the assets that have been transferred to the corporation. This concludes Learning Objective 19-2.